What is your view of God? What is your view of God? Um, so is it something like this, that he is someone who meets your needs, someone who acts on your behalf, someone who is for you, who loves you, who performs miracles, who heals you. Or, or maybe not or, is God someone who is holy and awesome and glorious? Someone who is so different to us, so glorious, that he is above all things, that he is someone to be revered and worshipped. Now, the truth is, of course, is that he is both of those things. Um, But typically, as human beings, we tend to uh, find holding both of those truths quite difficult. And we tend to to, to, to veer one way or the other. I know uh, when I was growing up in a church, well, I loved the church, um, but it tended to be more of the latter. There was a real sense of awe about God's word and about God himself, which was great, but less of the intimacy and the reality of God in action. There was And the problem with that is that there was a lack of expectation that God would do anything. Um, And so when we prayed for healing, there was no sense of of expectation. But on the other hand, you can can veer the other way, where where you have this idea that God is there to do everything that you want. Because he's my father, because he loves me, he will do what I need him to do. And the problem with that idea is that when it doesn't quite work out, when, we, when, we don't, when it doesn't work out as we would like it to work out, our faith gets shaken. And we say, God, what are you doing? How dare you do this? You're supposed to be the loving God. And yet, look at what's happening to me. And, and, and we need to go back then to this other revelation of God in Scripture. And, uh, and to see that actually there is, a, there is a, a side to God, or not a side, God is awesome and there is a mystery about him because he is so great and so awesome. And what I want to read today is actually, it's unusual because we don't normally read this, but I want to read the whole of Psalm 145 because David had understood this reality of God, that he was both awesome and holy and totally different, but also someone who intervenes and acts on our behalf. So I'm going to read it all out. Um, don't worry if uh, you haven't got it. You can just listen. It's on, uh, if it's on your phone. Um, but just see if you can picture what David is getting at as I read this through, the different aspects that David brings in. So it's Psalm 145 says this, I will exhort you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. 
They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell the power of your awesome world works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Isn't that an amazing psalm? I just, I, just, I just love it. As, as uh, Jamie gave me this verse to look at, um, and we're going to look particularly at verse 3, as I was reading this psalm, I again got a picture of, of, of just the glorious nature of God, but also the intimate nature of God. And, and I love the way that psalm combines them both so well together. That it's the God who is from everlasting to everlasting, and yet he's the one that answers our prayers, is faithful to his promises to us. And, and so this psalm captures what I really want to uh, get across this morning, is how we, we as people need to hold those two truths in tension in our lives. And I want to particularly today look at the greatness and the gloriousness of God, um, so that we can get a picture of that and balance that against what we often talk about here, and rightly so, is that actually God loves us and is for us and, and, and meets us where we are and forgives us and provides for us. And, and you know, that testimony, I wasn't expecting my wife to do that. Uh, but yeah, God has provided so much for us as a family. Our testimony goes back for years about the God who intervenes and meets our needs and is for us. And yet he is also awesome and there is a mystery about him. So verse 3 says this, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. So what is David getting at here? What is he saying about God? He is saying that he is great and there is something about God that we will never grasp. His greatness no one can fathom. Fathom is an old word, which of course it, it's, it's relating to... Um, uh, the sea, and, and, and finding the depths of the ocean, the fathoms. And what he's saying there is that you cannot find the depth 
of God. You cannot find his, the extent of him. You cannot go to it and say, I understand this now. I've got to where uh, the end of God, I understand him. We will never do that. But we are called to try and to exa- examine and to, to find out as much as we can. So what is David saying? What does he mean by the word great? Now, the word great is sort of used a lot, um, and we use it quite frequently. Um, Today, I'm going to have a great lunch. My wife is cooking turkey pie. Uh, And our kids, uh, it's my daughter's birthday, and a few of them are over. And uh, this is one of their favourite things. Uh, So we, we, we had a turkey for Christmas, and then we saved the leftovers and, uh, and my wife cooks this turkey pie, which is just wonderful. It's great. Um, and uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, so we can use that. But the problem with that word is that, is that if I say that it's great, I could actually start describing it. And if you tasted it, you'd understand it. So you could get to the measure of what this pie is like. It is great, but it wouldn't be beyond you to really understand it and experience it for yourself. Uh, and we could talk about greatness in many ways. I have a great idea, I have a great this. But actually, if I explained it, and if you came to one, you'd probably get it and, and get to the, the, the depths of it. So great in the way we use it isn't really uh, the correct understanding. What, 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 is, what do you think David meant? So when you look at the word great and you look at the definition of it, it's this. Def- definition of great is outstanding, Superior, mighty, incomparable, matchless, unequaled, unparalleled, unsurpassed. Now that is a much better view of God than what I've just described. And I believe that's what David had in mind. He was talking about someone that is unparalleled, who is unsurpassed, who is unequaled. I've had a great meal I can have a great meal in a few weeks' time that will be equally good. When we look at God, there is no one like him. He is unequaled by anybody. He is unsurpassed by anybody. He is unparalleled. There cannot be any comparison with him and anyone or anything else. And that's what David's picture of God is. He is great. He is truly great. And so greatness speaks of someone who is better than all others in skill, in achievement, in knowledge, and in power. That's what greatness is. And so David is saying the greatness of God, his power, his skill, his knowledge, his achievements, they are beyond fully knowing. We cannot plumb the depths of them. We cannot get to the end of them. He is unlike any other great thing we can say. So when we look at his greatness, and we, look at, and we consider um, a, how vast it is, so we can look at its breadth, say. How wide is it? So all creatures under him are under him, from the highest angel to the lowest worm. Everything exists, everything that does exist is under his domain and authority. There is nothing outside him. He is greatest 
in length. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He never started. He will never end. His kingdom is eternal. We cannot say that about anything. However great the dynasties of this earth, they will come to an end. God's kingdom, God's power, God himself will never start or never started and he will never end. His greatest in depth, he rules over every king and men. He rules their thoughts and affections. He knows every single thought that they have. He understands every single thought that we have. He understands it better than we do. He knows us intimately. There is nothing hidden from him. And he's greatest in height. He is king above all gods, ruling by his own absolute power and authority. He relies on no one. He needs no one. He supports himself. All other kings and leaders rule by his designated authority. Even the very breath that they breathe is commanded by him. That is the God that we love and serve and worship. And his breadth and depth and height and length, we will never fully understand. The way he acts, the way he... uh, Uh, way he thinks we cannot possibly fully appreciate but we are called to look into it and to understand him as much as we can last week I read a verse out that says that those who boast should boast about this that they understand and know me and so there is an invitation by God to say come and investigate. Come and look into who I am. You won't get to the bottom of it, but it's an amazing journey for you. I want you to understand my vastness. I want you to delve into those depths. I want you to to go and see the heights. I want you to, to be in there. And as Joe was saying, the glory of God is everywhere and we can just dive into it. And as we experience him in different aspects of our lives, so our knowledge of him increases. And so we have a much bigger picture. Uh, and a, a very wise man said to me, he said, the more you do that, the more you dive into God, the more you realise how much you don't, don't know about him. And those that have done it most are in most of, in awe of God because not because they've got to the end of him, but they suddenly start to realize how amazing he is. And those that, that spend their life seeking out after God and seeking him as we, we were encouraged to do this morning, as we seek after him, so they, the, 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 the bigness and, and the greatness of God increases in our minds and we are in awe of him and rightly so. They have an ever-increasing understanding of God, and it's a wonderful pursuit. It's a wonderful pursuit. We will never get bored of, of digging into the amazing nature of God. Sad to say, it's often those who have little knowledge of God that have most to say about him. I don't know if you've ever listened to, to sort of phone-in programs or question time or things like that. People... Uh, want to talk about 
how the church should be and how God should be like. And I'm thinking, you don't know him. You have no idea what you're talking about. And yet you seem to think that actually, or, you know, I've got every right to speak about it because I went to church once or I spoke to a a vicar one time and and I understand these things. And if you look, uh, as interestingly, at the book of Job, I'm not going to read all that out because that will take a bit of time, but Job probably spoke the least in that. His friends, who purported and said they understood things, spoke for long times about God and about Job and about all these things. And God's judgment on them, you don't know what you're talking about. Who, who darkens my counsel with words without knowledge, he says. Now to Job, Job said a few things and he realised, oops, do you know what? I don't know what I'm talking about. And at least he recognised that. And yet through that whole process... Job got to experience and know God in a far greater way than he'd ever known him before. And, uh, and he recognised, God, you are just amazing. And he had a revelation of, of God uh, that was just, blew his mind um, and was brilliant for him and wonderful, even though he'd been through such a difficult time. So this, this uh, encouragement to seek after God is something that is not an intellectual exercise. God doesn't say, right, I want you to seek after me and then I want you to write a, uh, a five-page essay on what you find. That's not going to happen. It's more like a... I can remember in my childhood, we used to go um, away to uh, the south coast. Um, we used to get together with all my cousins. And we used to go to a place where... It was built in the war to house people who had been evacuated down there. And there was a, on, it was near the cliff top. And there was a whole loads and loads of roads of different small houses. Bungalows, single-story houses mostly. One, and they'd all been built in a very strange way. All in, in, individual. And they were a bit hickledy-pickledy. And, they'd sort of, and, and a company had bought them and turned it into a holiday place. And we used to hire... Uh, my mum my and dad used to hire one of these cottages. They were, I think, I mean, we loved it, but I think my mum found it because most of them were a bit, a bit damp and very cold. Um, so if the weather wasn't brilliant, they weren't ideal. But nevertheless, uh, we used to love this. And they used to hire a different one each year. And because they were all different, we didn't know what to expect. And so when we got there and we pulled up in front of this, this sort of ramshackled house the thing we loved to do was to run in and to discover this place. And we used to go into each room uh, and we used to go and, and find where the, where the bathroom was and, and what our bedroom looked like and, and what the lounge was like and, and what the garden was like. And it was, it was a, voyage, a voyage of discovery. I mean, one time we, we got there and, uh, and our bedrooms were a railway carriage. It was great. So they'd, built, they'd put this railway carriage there because they just, you know, and then, and then they'd built all the house around it and you used to open this railway door and there was two beds. Uh, it was great. But it was, a, it, was a, a, it was an excitement moment of discovery. And, and God wants us to be like that with him. That as we spend time seeking after this amazing God, so we discover more and more of his greatness and his glory. 
and his splendor. And, and that happens in all sorts of different ways. We happen through, through, the, through reading the word and, and understanding it. It happens uh, as we study the Old Testament as well and see, because the Old Testament has a, a, a picture of God that is, that is vast and great. But the New Testament as well, as we look at Jesus, we, we discover more about how God is. And so uh, those two together help us get a, a really much, a great picture of God's glory and his greatness. And, uh, but we also get it through uh, just being with him and that revelation of him. What we are doing on Thursdays, uh, um, we are looking into how we spend more time with God and have uh, those intimate encounters with him and how we're encouraging one another to spend that time during the day where we, whether it's just for a few moments, just encountering him. And it's a, it's a voyage of discovery. And it's, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful pursuit to, to get to know him and to, to, to find out more about him. And we get a greater sense of who he is as we spend time with him through the Holy Spirit and through his word. So why is it important? Why do we need this? Well, I would say the first reason is we get to know the one who we serve and worship. Worship should be in spirit and truth. And therefore, true worship springs from our knowledge of who God is. And I'd say it's primarily and firstly who he is, not what he does. Although the two are inextricably linked. God does stuff because of who he is. So I can't, we can't really detach it, but actually we worship him because he is awesome and glorious and great. And we bow down to him and we submit to him because of his glory and greatness. And therefore, understanding that and getting to know that will help us in our worship of God and in our intimacy with him. And so understanding it and going into the depths of what God is helps us to worship in spirit and in truth and to know who we are really coming towards and coming uh, to worship. And of course, in Psalm 145 that we read, David had got that. He'd got that. He'd got that awesomeness of God as well as the, the goodness of God in, in, in his acts for men. And it will help us to keep that sense of awe and wonder as we come and worship. But the other reason, and the next reason I just want to say, is that it helps us to hold on to God when things are tough. And it's so, and we've been talking about that this morning, and, and maybe some other times as well. Because if we just have this sense of God, that he is someone who meets my needs, who heals me, who provides for me, when things don't quite work out, when things are tough, if we just have that view of God, we then start getting, God, you've abandoned me. God, you've let me down. You've not done what I said. And Jamie was saying, we, we, we sometimes have this idea that we want to control God and say, God, you need to do it this way. But when we have a much greater view of God and we understand that there is stuff that we don't understand, there's stuff that, that we don't, cannot fathom, that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not my thoughts, then there is a mystery sometimes in what happens in this world. And we, we, we have to then come in 
humility and say, God, I don't understand. I don't know what you're doing, but God, I know who you are. I know you're great. I know your glory fills this earth. I know that I'm standing in your glory. I know I'm standing in your love. I know it. I don't feel it. I can't see it, but I know it. I know it through and through. And therefore, I'm not going to get fearful. I'm not going to get upset with you. I'm not going to get disappointed. I'm going to trust. And as we get a greater picture of the greatness of God, so our ability to trust him increases. Our ability to say, God, I know you're good, but I know you're glorious. And I know you do things in a way that I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you. And as we get that picture and and that greatness of God, so we can actually rest in that truth. Even in the midst of challenges and difficulties, we can rest and say, God, you are great. You can fathom these things out that I can't. But I'm going to still seek after you. I'm still going to seek you and know you as much as I can so that I can stand strong when things are difficult. It's so important that we hold these two things, that we get a sense of the goodness of God so that we go after healing, that we go after things, that we, that we are believing God for provision because he does uh, act on our behalf. But we're going after the, the reality that God meets everything, uh, meets our needs and is for us, but also that he is awesome and great and he does things that we don't understand because he is far greater than us. It's been said many times before, and I would say it again, that actually if we had a God that we could understand, if we had a God that we could work out, if we could say, oh, I know what God's going to do there. I, I know how he's going to act here. I know what he's going to do there. If we had a God like that, he wouldn't be worth worshipping. He wouldn't be worth knowing, because we could understand him and we could work out what to do. That's not, that's not the God we serve. God is far greater than us. Thank goodness. Thank goodness he's greater than what I think he should do. I am so glad that the God we serve is awesome and glorious and great. Even though at times I don't understand what he's doing. Even at times that it's hard and difficult and I, I, we want it to be different. But actually he knows. He knows what is right and good. I don't know anything about paragliding, but I have seen people on there, and there is this, this sense they've got these two controls in their hand as they are flying, and they have to pull one or the other to make sure that they, they get the thermals and they rise up. And if they were just pulling on one of them, they would suddenly just sort of dip down and not be able to meet it. And so here we have these two things that we hold together. And it's as we do that, as we hold them, as we pull these two ropes, as it were, in tension, we hold them so we can soar as people of God, so we can stand firm in the difficult times, so we can come in worship and praise and adoration in the midst of pain and suffering. And so it's important that we learn to delve into the the, the awesomeness and the greatness of God so that we can be strong at those other times. Now some of you will say, well, you know, actually I tried this. 
I try this and I, I read the Bible and I spend this time with God and, and I, you know, Jamie was talking about being quiet before God and, and you know, and it's difficult because, you know, we're not used to being quiet. And I've tried it and it's not working or, or nothing seems to be coming. And I, and I just want you to, to just encourage you to keep pressing on. I had a, just a very simple illustration this week. I had to get hold of a leaving present for somebody. And it was very difficult because I didn't know this guy very well. And, and, uh, and I had, uh, had some ideas and I talked to a few people and I went to a few shops. And, and I spent two days, I thought, completely fruitless. And I'd, I'd got some ideas and I'd got change. And, uh, and I was getting really frustrated thinking, this is, I, I don't know what to do. And then suddenly... On Wednesday, it all came together, and I, I found this thing, and I got it together. And I looked back, and I thought, do you know what? Although I found Monday and Tuesday really frustrating, actually, everything I did during those days added to the final outcome. There was a final breakthrough, but actually all that I'd done that had seemed fruitless and pointless and a waste of time actually had added to what I finally c- came to. And, and I thought, actually, you know what? Had I not been through those two days, I wouldn't have got to Wednesday. I wouldn't have got to this breakthrough. And I believe God, and I just thought God spoke to me and said, that's how it is with our search after him. Sometimes, and we spend time in the word of God, and we spend time with him, and we think, well, what was that about? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know him any better. I haven't really encountered him today. And yet, actually, it builds it builds, and actually, as we do that, as we give ourselves to that, so there is a growing understanding. And we, it's imperceptible at times. And then suddenly you think, do you know what? My understanding of you has grown over these last few weeks. You know, I, I, haven't, I can't point a finger on, on the day that I did it. I know Jamie talks about meals that we don't remember, and yet they all add to what we're doing and that is true as we seek to, to, to understand and know God better. So it all adds up. And every moment that you spend in the word of God, every moment you spend just in quietness before him in his presence is, is worthwhile. It really is. Because it helps build into us the reality of who God is. And we may come away a bit frustrated because I didn't encounter him then. But you know what? It's not wasted. It's not wasted because there will be times of refreshment. There will be times when, wow, God, you're amazing. Wow, God, I, I've just got a glimpse of something new today that I hadn't seen before. And God will do that through the Holy Spirit as we seek after him. There will be those moments of revelation as you start to know him better. And that's, God, that's God's promise. That was Paul's prayer uh, in Ephesians that you will know him better. And God answers those prayers. And he's answering Paul's prayer time and time again in our lives. And he wants us to do that. And he wants us to get to know him better. We'll never fathom the depths, but it's an amazing journey. It's a wonderful journey of discovery as you understand a bit more about who God is. And as we do that, so we are strengthened. We are made stronger in our faith so that when the difficult times come, we can say, God, I'm not going to get angry at you. I'm not going to get uh, disappointed at you. And sometimes we do, and we have to go back to God. I'm not, we're not, but, but actually, as we do that, we get stronger. We say, God, I'm going to trust you. I know who you are. I know you're awesome. I know you're loving. And I'm going to stand in the goodness of God. 
And I'm, even if I can't feel it at the moment, I'm going to trust you. And that is where God wants us to be. People who know their God, who trust in him and are strong. So I want us to encourage you to do that, to seek after God, to know him in his greatness and his glory. Just want us to maybe uh, just stand together. I want to read out a passage that we know together. I just want you to just hear again. Just let God speak to you. Let him encourage you. And if you're going through a difficult time, if you are struggling, uh, there's no condemnation. If, you are, if you're feeling disappointed, if you're feeling uh, abandoned, if you're feeling that God doesn't love you, don't, don't feel condemned. But let God come and assure you that he knows what he's doing, that he loves you, and, but there is sometimes a mystery in God because of his greatness, because he knows what he's doing, because he controls the whole universe, he knows how to work things out for your good. You may not see it, but he wants, to be, uh, wants you to just trust him, wants you to know that he understands and knows. So I just want to read this passage, a well-known passage from Isaiah 40. It says this, Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. But he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yes, Lord Jesus, we come before the Almighty God, who is far greater far more awesome than we will ever comprehend. Lord Jesus, thank you that you revealed something of the Father to us. And yet, Lord, there is so much more, God, of, of you that we do not know. But, Lord, we thank you that you have revealed something of yourself. And, Lord, we, we want to make it our aim to know you better, to know you more, to understand as much as we can about you to know your glory, to know your greatness, to, to fathom as far as we can the depths of your goodness and your love. And Lord, that we may grow in understanding, that we may be strong, that we, we may worship, that we may adore, that we may be amazed at who you are. And God, we want to be those that stand strong in all circumstances because we know who you are as best as we can. Our Holy Spirit keep revealing the reality of God to us. Keep revealing the reality of Jesus to us that we may know you better day by day. Amen.